Bible says to each one it has been given a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And um, what I was seeing, perceiving is that God was using Georgia to send blessing to each of you, to send help um, in the form of the anointing. God's anointing his spiritual empowerment his grace he has given us to one another that we can help one another and spur one another on so i believe we are leaving this place we're going to leave this place with more than we entered and it's help for your specific call your life, your circumstances. I also want to, um, I want to welcome you and invite you to bless Georgia and the Trail of Joy, that crew. I want to give to them. I want to sow financially into them. Where your treasure is, your heart is there also. I want to release from our heart blessing to these people. They've sown in the Spirit to us. I want to sow uh, into them. They're going to Cherokee, North Carolina. Leaving on Tuesday. They'll be there for a month. After that, they're in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Miami, after the then Miami, Florida. So they've still got months ahead. I want us to help them, show them love um, in this way. So the way we're going to do this is um, you can go to dwellingministries.org right now and make a donation there. Um, you can write a check and or just let Adani know. Let let Adani know what is in your heart to give. And obviously, if you tell him, give it. <laughs> but let him know, and then Adani, maybe you could tally up what people are giving. Um, just, just write it if you have a check, or you give it to Dwelling, and then we're going to send a check to them. Um, we, we sincerely thank you, Georgia. All right. And I'll get with you as far as who we write the check to. <clears throat> All right. Well, I'd like John Edward and the kids to come down. Kids. Six foot five, John Edward has a message for you. Whoa. <laughs> you're so excited you're doing cartwheels. All right, kids, I'm going to be here listening with you as John Edward gives you a message. Welcome. 
and Zoe on the inside. What, what's the word in utero? It's too big of a word. So what's up, kids? Y'all good? I've got the prayer sweats right now. I start praying and I start sweating even if I'm cold. So that's how I know it's good. Um, it's so strange, but it, you know, it's the prayer sweats. So I just had a little something to share with you guys. Is that cool? Everybody ready? I will begin it with a question. Do any of you guys just like love outer space? Like planets, stars, anything like that? When I was your age, I was nuts about it and had like all these books and I never read, but I looked at the pictures and it was awesome. I loved it so much. <clears throat> Does anyone have a favorite planet by chance? If you, I mean, Earth, probably a good one. But anybody got a favorite out there? Mars, anybody? No. Well, one that is really, really cool, it's not my favorite, but one that's really cool is the planet Saturn. Do you guys all know what Saturn looks like? Does anybody need a picture? I can easily get a picture via Google if anyone needs. So Saturn is really cool. Someone tell me about Saturn. What is it like? Zion? Um. <laughs> it has rings. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So that was the point that I was going to make tonight, actually, about Saturn, is that what makes it super unique is that it has this ring around it, like, you know, made of all this outer space stuff that protects it from getting hit by other outer space stuff flying around out there. And that so many times there's like a really big like asteroid or like rock that's going to hit Saturn, but it can't pass through the ring and explodes in there and it never even touches the planet. So the ring, while it looks really, really cool, serves as protection for the planet. Now, there's another thing that we all know about rings for, right? You see a bunch of adults wearing these. Why do adults wear these? Because they're married. And that the Bible talks about our relationship with Jesus kind of like being married to Him. I know it's really interesting and hard to understand, but take this example into this ring that we wear, which is a symbol of the covenant relationship. There is no relationship more powerful than a covenant and that is what our relationship with Jesus is. No matter what happens, I'm with you and you're with me and it will never end. And that's why the ring, you know, it's a circle. That's why in a way they picked it because there's no beginning or end point in a circle. It just is. And that's the same way that we are with God. We make the decision to submit to Jesus and it will never ever end. It just keeps going like a circle. In the same way, this is going to be that wedding ring around each of you guys that's going to protect you from all that the chaos of the outer space of the U.S. is going to throw at you. And 
that is something that, while it's easy to talk about this with kids, that a lot of adults really don't have that protection, that they look really put together, um, but really they're not. And they get hit by a lot of asteroids. And you know why? Because a lot of them don't have the ring. And so for you guys, that there is so much joy and fulfillment and real happiness that's in Jesus, but also when we come into Him, we know that He says, I'm always going to protect you. And I'm not going to let the flesh nature, which is just sin, doing bad stuff, and I'm not going to let the devil and his punks, the demons, beat up on you ever again because you're mine. And this is the sign of it. And He gives us that ring. So I just wanted to pray that over you guys tonight, if that's okay. And then we are going to pray for the grown-ups. And you can just pray with me in your thoughts. So... Kids, you guys ready to pray? And then when I say, and now we're going to pray for the adults, you can just think your prayer for the adults. And then afterward, you know, if you feel anything, we can talk about it. So everybody ready to go? Be sponges right now. Everybody, wide open sponge, empty sponge, ready for all of it to get soaked into you. And then we're going to get squeezed out for the adults to have. You guys ready? So open sponge, everybody and receive father i pray that you would just put the the ring of jesus around them Ooh, ring around the rosy these children are so even all of their cheeks you know just from playing around and whatever that their cheeks are rosy and just having a, a fun afternoon with you and you're putting your ring around these rosy kids this afternoon and we thank you God for the future that they're going to be protected have no fear of them have no fear of the accuser have no fear of the demons have no fear of persecution have no fear of lack none thank you God they are protected I pray for them to receive your protection please God and I pray for you to speak to them now as we pray over the adults and now we're going to pray for the adults everybody ready to be squeezed out on the adults like a sponge. You ready? Father, I break the power of the orphan spirit in the people's lives here. Help us to be like kids again. Please, Lord. Just like Leon. That's what the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's going, ah, he is groaning out for you in this room to get it that God is your Father now. Satan the liar is not your father anymore. You are not like the Pharisees and Sadducees that Jesus confronted. That He said, you know, Satan is your father. He does not say that about you. This is not your state in Christ. And the Father means what He says that He's going to provide for you. And the Father means what He says that you can always come back home. And the Father means what He says when He says no one will be able to take you out of My hand. So we, me and the kids, we blow the orphan spirit out of this ministry. We blow the orphan spirit out of the families here. And we receive the spirit of adoption by which we can just simply talk to you like our Father. Amen. Did anyone feel like they wanted to say anything for the adults? Did you have like a... 
like you saw something in your imagination or you just had like something that you just wanted to share? Zion, did you feel anything? That's totally okay. Mm. Something else about Saturn is one time there's the um, nine fruits of the Holy Spirit and the Lord showed me that sometimes the nine planets can represent the nine well fruit of the Holy Spirit like in numerical order. And Saturn being the sixth planet is um, it would equate to the fruit of goodness. And in the Bible it says in the last days that all of the world will come trembling to Jesus because of His goodness. And that's what you guys, it's going to get really easy and simple. You just tell people about how good Jesus is. Um, it's pretty easy. So yeah, I think that's it. Sure, let's do it. Everybody ready to break it down? We're going to break it down on ring. Lord of the Rings in here. You guys ready? Oh, he'll be all right. He might be louder than us. Ask Adani Noel about that. All right, ring on three. One, two, three. Ring! Good job. <laughs> All right, thank you, John Edward. Um, that was for all the kids in the room. Karis, did you have announcements? George, I wanted to ask you, how long are you guys still at do it leading worship at the sanctuary? Just until tomorrow night. Okay, so if you wanted to head out and you hadn't gotten the chance to be out there at the sanctuary, tomorrow night is the last chance you have to go out. So if you have like friends that you wanted to tell about it or if you wanted to be able to make it out there, tomorrow night's the last night for that. Um, let me see. I did want to mention, because we didn't get to mention it last week, that we have a newly married couple in our midst I'm supposed to bring you down here. It wasn't it wasn't my idea. <laughs> come hither. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. Ow, ow. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Did you want me to say something? <laughs> I have them here. <laughs> Well, they were always Eminem, but now they are Mr. and Mrs. Michael and Morgan Spann. <laughs> Did you guys want to say anything? Okay, okay. Thanks. <laughs> they had a very beautiful wedding. It was it was incredible. We're very glad that they are married. Um. I wanted to mention, I, I think I sent it out to the ladies group already, but just in case I didn't get it to everybody, um, we are going to have a shower, a baby shower for Gloria, um, and the date is July 16th, I'm pretty sure it's that Sunday, 
Um, and if you are a lady and you would like to help me plan, I've already got one on my planning committee. So let me know and I will add you to my planning group. But um, that's going to be a lot of fun and really special too. Does anybody else have some announcements that need to be made? Okay. I think that's it. Remember to tell Adani um, what your heart wants to give. I thought earlier this week, I was talking to John Kohlberg, who you guys know and remember, and I, I, I told him, I think the Lord has something for me to say at our meeting. Um, but I didn't have anything come to me um, specifically. And then today, you know, it's, the meeting is imminent. And um, this afternoon, I thought that I was going to get what I was supposed to say here at the meeting. So we met for prayer and um, talking with the folks uh, at the prayer meeting. Something just came into my head and my heart. And I'm going to say it. So um, it is one of these uh, wordplay ac acronym acrostic things, which I often work with uh, in my personal relationship with God and also in my ministry. So it's, it's one word, an abbreviated word. And there are layers of meaning, okay? So I'm going to unpack these layers, kind of like the rings around Saturn. I'm just going to throw a bunch of holy rocks and ice at you um, and pray that you catch all that God wants you to catch. Keep one thing in mind. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a demonstration of power. So um, while the specific sentences that we say, the specific words that we say, um, they have deep meaning. But what's more important is God's Spirit that accompanies His words. And I trust that I'm going to be speaking from His Spirit, and I trust that there's going to be a demonstration of power in your heart. Um, I do think it's a message where if you're a note taker, there's some cool uh, specific insight in it but um, more than anything I just want you to receive um, what I'm going to share and the word is wreck now the the way I see it is r-e-c wreck like short for recreation and the first thing I'm going to say about that word wreck is there's a double meaning there. Wreck, as in the word like car wreck. Um, God wants to wreck our lives. And that's kind of like a charismatic lingo word. Like, dude, I got wrecked at the prayer meeting. I was so wrecked. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, but not just that, um, not just that emotional experience or in a deep, not just a deep spiritual significance. Um, I'm talking about 
in the order of Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah sees God and he says, I am undone. It's translated, you've heard me say this, you know, I'm undone, I'm ruined, I'm lost, I'm finished. These are all words in the English language that translators have tried to capture the meaning. I think you could rightly throw wrecked in there. I'm wrecked. I believe that God has a personal wrecking for each of you. Now, the things I'm sharing, I do believe they have a forecast element, prophetic as in this is what's coming. But I also believe this is a now word that God has application immediately for you. So I believe there is a holy wrecking in the order of Isaiah 6 on the way for you personally. It'll be your encounter, your experience, just like Isaiah had a specific one. But it will be sufficient enough to wreck you. His wrecking grace is sufficient for you. He knows how to get you. He knows how to wreck you. And so I want to prophesy over you there is a wrecking for you a wrecking to come but also a wrecking that is here and now and the way I want to encourage you lastly with uh, participating with the wrecking God wants to do simply look for the way God wants to wreck some of the things that you think Look for it and then let him do that. Because right now, right now, God wants to address some wrong thinking in us. He always is wanting to bring us in more alignment with what's true, what's good, with his spirit. You have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. And that's something right now you have. But God wants to form that more fully in you. That you come into union and agreement in your mind. So let God wreck you and then look forward to the wrecking to come. Because remember, the wrecking was an amazing thing for Isaiah. He said, I'm done. Everything else doesn't matter. Here I am. Please send me. This is all that matters in my life now. That would be very helpful for us to get that kind of wrecking. For our, for our response to be like, all right, just send me. Because that's the most important. Now the other um, meaning is recreation. I believe God wants to have fun with us. I believe this is one of the ways He wants to wreck our wrong thinking. He wants to have fun. He wants to teach us how to fun, how to have fun with him. I believe he wants to shame the fun of the world. He wants to to make it just look so boring. We haven't learned how to do that very well. In 2012, the Lord spoke to me while Karis and I were at a a Jesuit retreat. a monastery 
And he said, you don't know how to celebrate. And that's true. That was true then. I think it's less true now. But I am still learning how to celebrate with God, how to have fun. I believe he wants to wreck our idea of not fun Christianity. And he wants to bring us into his fun. You know, Lord, how can we know how to have fun unless you show us? How can we know unless you show? So I believe he wants to show. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's your father's good pleasure to give you kingdom fun. So be on the lookout for the way God wants to wreck you with recreation. All right. And uh, I forgot to say this. This was was actually the very first. I did hint at this idea. But REC are the first uh, three letters of the word receive. Receive. God is giving grace. He's giving grace tonight. Receive this word. Receive what he's doing in your life. Receive the wrecking. Receive the recreation. Receive. All right. Next, I want to break those letters apart. R-E-C. The first thing I want to say is Rachel, Esther, Caroline. Rachel, Esther, Caroline. And I want to unpack each identity, uh, each name a little bit. Use two of them from the Bible, and the other one um, will uh, bring some cool things together as well. Now, we talked recently about the name Rachel. We've got a lot of Rachels represented, always have in this ministry. And I believe it is a sign. Rachel means sheep. I hit on this previously, but God wants to simplify our lives by speaking over us the identity of being his sheep. Sheep do not live a complicated life. They graze, they deposit the stuff that they don't need, and then they follow the shepherd. I don't know if they're wild sheep. Maybe there's wild sheep. But you, when you think of sheep, you think of a shepherd. And you're not wild sheep. You are, you are in the care of the shepherd. He leads you to the place where you need water. He leads you to the place to get fed. You be a little sheep. And when things start to get complicated, again, I'm going to do this example like I did last time. Maybe you could just say this out loud. Bah! Because that's really what we are. We're not here to figure out our lives. We are not here to lead ourselves. We're not here to feed ourselves. We're here to follow the shepherd. The other thing I want to say about Rachel, when we see the name Rachel in the Bible, I believe it's the first time we see uh, the name, we see that 
Rachel is introduced through the story of Jacob. I love this. It's so unique and powerful. Um, and I don't know if we've even seen a Hollywood romance movie that uh, is, or even a drama or whatever that captures the intensity of what happened. This is like, I, I believe the Bible teaches love at first sight. Okay. Jacob saw Rachel. He went over, kissed her, and started weeping. I, I mean, that was the initial introduction. Rachel's like, who have I just met? I mean, the beauty that she had to be exuding is beyond what we can imagine. She had this shining, glorious God beauty that Jacob, he was wrecked. He's like, I better, I better. And I mean, starts weeping. It's like she was the puzzle piece for his heart. He was missing that piece, a big piece, a critical piece. And there was the puzzle piece. There she was. So what I want to say, along with being a sheep, that's to remind you that your life is simple and you just follow. But I also want to say you are beautiful. There is such a brilliance to you. There is such a beauty to you, each one of you. The greater Jacob is your husband, Yahweh. He says to Hosea, he's, he's speaking, he's like, you, my people, I was a husband to you. And then we know at the end, we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus is called the bridegroom. When He looks at you, He... He's like, Jacob, you know, you don't even understand what I feel. That's a little example that I gave. My tummy love, my attraction towards the beauty of my people, towards you. He's undone. He's wrecked. How beyond what we can imagine is it that Jesus... God and man is wrecked when he looks at you. And the Bible specifically talks about this in the Song of Songs. The language there is so strong. The bridegroom says to the bride, he says, turn away from me because you've just undone me. You've wrecked me. You've captured my heart. You have ravished me with one glance of your eyes. One glance from your eyes makes Jesus say, turn away from me, it's too much. I mean, that, that's amazing. So I want to speak over you that you are the Rachel of the big J, way bigger than the J in Jacob. Jesus, you are His Rachel. 
his beautiful one that turns his tummy up, that causes him to weep because he has so much affection for you. All right, let's move on to the E, Esther. What I want to say about Esther, the the name Esther means star. The Bible teaches in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we are like stars. Daniel talks about those who are wise will shine like stars in the kingdom uh, of God. They will lead many to wisdom. In the New Testament, Jesus talks about the sons of the kingdom. And just like the guys are included in the bride company, guys are brides, girls are sons. It's about inheritance. It's about identity. Okay? So the sons of the kingdom includes all you ladies. Okay? Jesus says, you will shine like stars in the heavens. Shine like stars in the kingdom of your Father. Paul talks about um, shining like stars in Philippians. He talks about in Corinthians about how each of the, the bright lights in the heavens have a different shine, a different glow. You have your unique glow. Yes, each one of you, you are corporately a Rachel, but you have your own Rachel beauty, your own glow, your own light. Let your light shine. Let your glory be seen. You have a unique glory. You are a unique Christopher, a unique Christ carrier. Christ the anointed one, Jesus, exudes from you in a way that only you can shine. And God does not want to hide you forever. There are seasons of hiddenness. God wants you to shine. And I believe He even wants to use the worldly meaning of the word star. Now, I don't know if he wants to make everybody in this room a Hollywood star. But you are called to be a star. There are people who will say, that person's a star. And it's not about the fame element. It's about the role of authority and impact that you have. And they will have a respect for you and an honor for you that is beyond like seeing Kanye or Brad Pitt, a little baby, (laughs) out in public. It's beyond seeing LeBron James or Steve Nash. (laughs) Michael and I saw Steve Nash at the airport uh, in Phoenix. Really cool. And then he saw another... Uh, blast from the past player, Kevin Johnson. That was fun. But you have a star status beyond Donald Trump. You have a star status beyond what anything on the earth can offer.
And Esther displayed this. She had a unique shine. Her shine was to be queen. Her shine was to change the destiny for her people. Her uncle Mordecai said, who knows if God has raised you up for such a time as this. And I want to say something similar to you, but I want to say it with more clarity and more authority by the power of Jesus Christ than Mordecai. You can know that you have been raised up for this time. You have been raised up for this moment. There is an Esther, a star shining for you, a specific place of impact, specific people that you will shift and change. The earth will be different. God used Esther to change the history of the world. You are a world changer. You are a star. You are an Esther, and you have been raised up for such a time as this. All right, let's move on to Caroline. Now, Caroline is like the male form of Charles. It can mean free, strong person, or song of happiness. You know, like carols, Christmas carols. Think about each one of those. I want to speak that over our family army of friends, our little slice of the body of Christ dwelling. You are strong. You are strong in Christ. You are mighty in God. You are more than a gladiator. You're more than a conqueror. You are free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. For freedom, He has made us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, and He's in you, there is freedom, liberty. Now, if we're being humble and honest, which they basically go hand in hand, there's a lot of areas in our life where we are not experiencing freedom. I think we all battle with the bondage of fear. Even the bravest of us have places of anxiety and fear where we're not trusting God. And that causes all kinds of problems. But God is the bondage breaker. God brings the fire to extinguish fear. And His desire is to cure us of the disease of fear. He paid for it. In fact, David entered in in the Old Testament to some of these elements that the New Testament brought us into. David said in Psalm 34, you delivered me from all my fears. I don't want to speak that psalm over us, that truth. Excuse me. That God's desire is to free us, to deliver us from all our fears. The, I think it was Devin last week 
who um, spoke about Bob Jones and one of his prophecies. Bob Jones had a powerful encounter with God at another point um, where he saw the coming body of Christ, the warriors God was raising up. He said, and Bob Jones, I love his... <laughs> he's Arkansas, right? He's from Arkansas. They will have no fear. No fear of death. Death, death have no hold of them. They will carry weapons from heaven. I will release my armory of heaven to them. And they will take back all that's been stolen. They'll have no fear. Fear have no hold of them. He saw the sons of the kingdom. The righteous are as bold as a lion. There was a troop. I think they were Gadites who came to David. Their faces were like lions. Those the righteous are as bold as lions. You are righteous by the blood of Jesus. So this is an identity thing. This is not like I got to get all my behavior right. There is an element of righteousness that is coming into actions that are right, okay? But you'll never do that if you don't get the, the foundation of righteousness, which is all your works are filthy rags, all your strength is nothing, all your goodness is meaningless. You are righteous by the blood of Jesus. So this is an identity. This is not behavior. By your identity, by your Holy Spirit DNA, you are righteous. Therefore, everyone, this is a promise for everyone here, you are as bold as a lion. You are as bold as a lion. So, freedom from fear and any other vice, any other problem, any other demonic stronghold, we have freedom in Jesus. And I believe by His Spirit, He is going to manifest that freedom. I believe He is going to raise up a free people who are free, free, free indeed. Free indeed. I want to see, I've said this before, I want to see a truly free person. Never seen one. And I, I don't mean to be like critical. I, we all are who we are, okay? And one of the ways God has made me is He's given me a very strong discernment anointing. There are different gifts. I used to like, when the, the wisdom and discernment anointing was spoken over me, I had a ring of truth in my, in my spirit, but I was so bored by it. It's like, why do I have to get the wisdom and discernment anointing? I mean, I can think of like so many other biblical words to describe an anointing that I would like. Well, God gives what He gives, and we receive anything we don't receive from Him is meaningless. 
with the way my discernment works, and it's not flawless, but this is not something, I, I know I haven't missed this. I've never seen a free person. I've never seen a free believer. I've seen degrees of freedom. But I believe God has put that in me, just like he put something in Adam, the missing puzzle piece. He put something in Jacob, the missing Rachel piece. He has put something in me, a missing free piece. Because he knows that part of the thing he's called me to do is put my head through brick walls because I'm like, we got to get that freedom piece. We got to get that. This is what you paid for at a foundational level. And here's what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a troop, a family army of friends who is truly free. And I believe it. I believe it. I believe that by his spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I believe he wants to make an example of a people that he wants to shout through our lives. These are free people. These are people that I paid for with my blood. And when I pay for something, I purchase them. I purchase their liberty. And it's not just going to be a, a legal biblical truth. The Bible is going to be manifested in our lives. Full, living, moving, breathing color. Freedom in your sphere of influence. Freedom. Think what your life would be like free from all fear. Alright, so the next, um, the next one goes right along with what we've been saying. Remember, free person, um, or freed, free, and then strong person. You are strong. You, like I was saying about the righteous are as bold as a lion, that's an Old Testament verse. Let's go to the New Testament. Another way to see that specifically. We're righteous by the blood of Jesus. And we have the DNA of Jesus. We have the nature, the identity of Jesus. Now it looks different, like we were saying, on each person and in each person. But at a core level, you have the DNA of a lion. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So it's just reinforcing this idea that you are a mighty Bold lion. You are a strong person. You are a Caroline. You are a Charles. You are filled with the Spirit of God. You are like Micah who said, I'm filled with the Spirit of power. I'm filled with the Spirit of might to break the yoke, to break bondages. I want to say there's strength in you. Gotta strengthen you. I see it. <laughs> Little brave heart quote, which is very appropriate. Brave heart. Gotta strengthen you. I see it. There is strength in you. I see it. Though I was honest with you and included you, like by proxy, in the statement that I haven't seen a free person. And I certainly don't see a free person in the mirror. And I don't speak that over myself in the way like speaking a curse over. I'm just saying, look, I'm going to be honest. There's some things that I haven't entered into what you've paid for, Jesus. So, yes, I see there's a need for fear in us. Or freedom from fear. Freedom. There's a need for freedom in us. But I also say this. There is strength in you. I see it. 
there is the Spirit of God in you. You have the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Will He not also quicken, enliven your mortal body? He will. Caroline, meaning free, strong person. Song of happiness. Each one of you is an individual Christmas carol. Each one of you is a song of happiness from Christ Jesus. There's a Morgan song. There's a Sue song. There's a Kara song, a Laura song. There's a Bob song, a Joseph song. There is a song of happiness that is unique in its sound, unique in its tune, unique in its beauty, unique in its lyrics, unique in its form of happiness. There's different feelings of happiness. Some have more of the, the, ah, the fun thing. Yeah, so happy! And then some have more like, oh, dude, I'm so happy. It's like, oh, feels so good. I don't, I mean, each one of you have your own carol. You are a Christ carol. Psalm 40 says, He has put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. You are a carol of Christ. All right, now I want to just use REC for these three words. Rest, expect, and courage. The first two being like actions that you take. Um, and the last one just being a part of the core of who you are. And these all fit together with what we've been saying. I want to bless you to rest. Again, it's that sheep thing. I want to bless you to rest and graze. And when you filled up your sheep belly, take a little sheep nap. For some of you, I was just imagining like a sheep after a nap and like waking up. I'm like, nah. I mean, there's not any stress with a good shepherd, and we have a good shepherd. There's not any stress when the sheep's waking up from its nap. So I want to bless you to rest. I believe this is connected to the wrecking. God wants to wreck you with rest. I believe it's also the rest is connected to the freedom, the other part of Rachel, because so much of our bondage comes from our lack of resting in God. And just like I was saying, I need a lot of help to learn how to have fun, I need a lot of help 
to learn how to rest. Nicholas isn't here tonight. He's out of town, but we've been meeting for years together regularly. And I've never had a non-God-moving meeting with Nicholas. It's awesome. And he lived with us for a while. But it's so funny. The word and the, the teaching has been rest almost every meeting. He's like, I'm really seeking God. And then, like, before you know it, like, the word is near you and in your very mouth. He's just like, I just need to rest. I'm like, yeah. It's been the same message. And I believe Nicholas is also a sign for us. God's just repeating this message. In each of your lives, for each of your circumstances, for each of your problems, rest, rest, rest. He says, he prophesies in Hebrews, there is a rest that's coming. There is a people who will enter into his rest. That's the key to the freedom. Just like there's a people who are free. Death has no hold on them. They will enter into his rest. I don't think he actually said that part, but I paired it together. There will be a people. There remains a rest for the people of God. There remains a rest. Jeremiah got this scripture 1700, no, 3700 years ago. No, 2700 years ago, approximately. There will be a people coming who will have a new heart and they will be careful to do all that I say. Now, that has not been fulfilled yet. We haven't seen a group of God's people, a collection of God's people who has followed all His commandments. And we can't put that off till like Jesus returning to the earth. That's a different element. You better not disobey Him then. There's going to be a people who have one heart and one mind that Paul prayed for. I think God gave Paul a prayer that he means to answer. I don't think he gave an anointed, biblical, canonized prayer and then it's like, well, just we couldn't pull it off. God sees a people who will enter into His rest, who will flow with the Spirit, and be careful to obey everything. Jesus in the Great Commission, He said, go and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I command. Again, I think if Jesus told us to do something, that by His Spirit, it's going to be accomplished. I don't think He's going to go report back to Dad, Dad, uh, we just couldn't pull it off. I'm sorry. I don't think he's ever said that to his dad. So I bless you to rest. E, expect. That word has had a real special meaning for Michael. Um, and a huge part of that, the main part, was just fulfilled in his marriage to Morgan. But she asked you in the dream, didn't you have great expectations? What was, was that it? Someone came to Michael and basically asked him, did you not expect great things from God? 
Didn't you have great expectations? Now, Karis and I have heard this in marriage seminars and teachings, and we've discovered it by our experiences. Our great expectations of people don't always lead to great results and great feelings and great actions on our part when our great expectations or sometimes just normal expectations. I mean, this is just normal. I'm not impersonating Karis there. Or not, at least not intentionally. (laughs) Come on. People don't do that. This guy. Our expectations are not met by people. Now, I'm not saying that we have this entitled demand expectation from God. You better do this, God, or I ain't trusting in you. And God's like, what is that, a threat? (laughs) But I am saying this. Surely, surely, you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Surely, He will fulfill every good word that He's spoken to you. It's in Joshua. Surely, Will he not, will your father not give you the spirit? His kids? You get good gifts from your earthly dads. How much more? Expect great things from me. Expect great things internally. Great revelations of who God is. Expect great shining from your star status. Great, there's a great ministry for every one of you in here. You each have a ministry. God gave the leadership of the body of Christ to prepare the body for works of ministry. You guys are ministers, every one of you. That's why I don't like the term minister, like to describe what we call pastors. I'm not going to get all those, into all those semantics. But let me make the point. You guys are ministers. We are ministers. Ministers of the new covenant. Ministers of the man Christ Jesus the unique manifestation. There is your manifestation. There is your ministry. So, I bless you to have great expectations. Karis and I also have this joke. um, We were meeting with uh, Connor and Megan today, releasing all of our marital wisdom to them as they are approaching now 35 days from the iconic union of Megan and Connor. Soon, your last name's going to be Steele. That is, that's an awesome last name. But Karis, I, I didn't bring this up in the meeting because I didn't want to stop the flow of wisdom that was coming from her lips and being imparted to the hearts and minds of Connor and Megan. But um, there was something that she was talking about where she said, maybe you'll remember it, maybe one of you will remember it. She was saying, you know, if, if you don't have your hopes up here, um, put your expectations or your hopes a little bit lower. So do you remember what that was about? Yes. 
in making a budget, like you're allotting, uh, you know, funds for different uh, expenses, like make it smaller than what you think. So if you have a surplus, it's like, ooh, happy surprise. Now that's really good advice. Karis has amazing uh, advice on so many things, but uh, really on finances. Um, I haven't seen a paycheck of mine in, in years, I, maybe a decade, more. I'm, she just does it all. <clears throat> but this is not budget approach, okay? I want you to get your hopes up. Skyrocket hopes. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's what Hebrews said. So, great faith requires great hope. And biblical hope, this is the way I have been defining it for years, firm expectation of good. Firm expectation of good. Hope. Hope's pretty important. That was kind of the, he met, that made into the famous three. These remain faith, hope, and love. Hope. Great expectations. All right. Last one is courage. You know, for a number of years, as I developed my relationship with God, and as I moved the grace that was given to me, I moved at lightning speed, all in, anything I could do to get closer to God or devote more of my life. And a lot of those years, it was hidden from my mind, my need for courage. Because look at my circumstances. I'm like, you know, you want to go for weeks without eating food and just drink water? Yeah, the courage to do it. So it's like, you know, you want to sell all your stuff and whatever. Um, you want to just leave your really good paying real estate job to be a rapper. I didn't realize because of some of the actions of my life how much I needed true courage. These recent years I have been crushed by the Spirit of the Lord, by the heavy hand of the Lord. With the realizations like <laughs> the Spirit of God overwhelming me and saying, He's the Spirit of truth. He's saying, Young man, you are afraid. And again, He's not speaking a curse over me, He's speaking honestly. He's saying, You got shaky knees, you got Noodle knees, limp hands. You're in cold sweats. You are afraid, Travis. Yeah, you, the one who people were like, look how brave he is. Look at that mighty man of God. Look at that guy moving so fast. Whoa, he's a brave one. He's a bold one. God then took my blinders off. So let me show you something, son. You are one of the brave ones in the body of Christ, Trav. But let me tell you this. You are the chief of sinners in fear is sin. You are the chief of scaredy cats. 
son, you are barren regarding courage. And I don't mean that I didn't have any because that would be an affront to his spirit. He supplies. He meets all our needs. But one of the needs he wants to meet is showing us our need for courage. We need to know that we need courage. So I want to speak over you tonight. You need courage. You need courage for your Rachel walk, for your Esther shine, for your song of happiness. A little courage story that Michael might remember. We used to go to this place each year in uh, Jackson, Tennessee, on the way to Jackson, Mississippi. We would go with uh, my parents. We always stopped at this buffet. I come from a buffet family, okay? We are big eaters, and it's like dad and the three of us, my brothers, we need a buffet. And mom's, okay, whatever you guys want. It's Aunt Debbie's sister. You know that's how she rolls, Aunt Debbie. If we have a smile on our faces, mom's smiling. Her happiness comes from smiles around. She's like, ha, ha. So buffets are good for everybody. Well, I think I was maybe 12 or 13, right in the place where you're really becoming conscious about the cool factor. And they had this, they, had, they would do these weird things. One of the things they did, and I, I did this the next year, like if, if your feet were too big to fit in these giant boots that they had, they would give you a free meal. And so I was wearing size 15 at age 13. And my feet were too big for the big boots, and so they gave me a free meal. Okay, I, I can't remember what year that was. But one other year, if you sang the um, Casey Jones ballad, which I, didn't even, I haven't even heard the Casey Jones ballad, but if you stood up with... Um, the, the servers getting the attention of the whole restaurant. And that place was popular. Okay? I, I don't remember a time it wasn't packed. If you stood up and sang the Casey Jones ballad in front of everybody, did you get a free dessert? Is that what it was? I mean, it wasn't even that great. Of, maybe it was a free meal. Um, you would get some little prize, okay? Back then, it had been like a $9 buffet meal, okay? But I don't know what caused me to do that um other than i'm just like well i can i'm gonna see if i can pull it off and like i actually get something out of this but i did it out of tune and i was totally uncomfortable doing it but i summoned my courage and belted out my song this is the way i want to end you are a carol you have a new song in your mouth. There is a Laura Harville ballad. There is a Robin Ferraro ballad. See, I was singing somebody else's ballad. That was in the natural. That wasn't the spiritual man. That wasn't Travis. That wasn't Trav the rapper. It is required more courage than I could have fathomed to take these steps in being a suburban Wilmore dad throwing my life into rap. But that's my song, and it's literally a song. It's literally a bunch of songs. 
you may not be called to be a suburban rapper, but there is a call on your life. There is a carol for your life. There is a ballad for your life. And I speak courage over you. Just as Georgia was saying, I speak the name of Jesus. She was singing the name of Jesus. Let me give some specificity to what she was releasing. Courage. Courage into your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord, and He will strengthen your heart. Psalm 27. God wants to give liberally, generously, courage. So, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for the way God wants to wreck you. Look, the wrecking requires courage. It, to participate with it and not run from the wrecking, you've got to be brave. If you're not seeing any fear addressed, if you're not feeling any need for courage, ask the Lord to show you your need for courage. Okay? Look, it, and you can pray what I've been praying lately. My circumstances have taught me, caused me to pray this way. Lord, do it as gentle as possible. So your, your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Don't forget what you said. Make it as gentle and easy as it can be. But do show me what needs to happen. Do show me my needs. So you be on the lookout for courage. Because here's the thing. Once God shows you for need, your need for courage and you start taking courageous steps, each step is a step into freedom. Each step is a step into victory. Each step is a progression in your life. Father, I thank you so much for this moment. I thank you for this meeting. I thank you for these beautiful people, these beautiful Rachel shining stars, these beautiful ballads that you sing, Jesus. Sing them to the earth. Thank you, Lord, that you have made them strong, that you have made them courageous, that you have made them free. Thank you, God. We just thank you. You paid for it all. There's nothing, not one promise, not one attribute that we are lacking. Those who fear the Lord lack nothing. Those who seek Him lack no good thing. We are lacking nothing, and we are lacking no good thing. Somehow that's true, even though circumstances may say differently. We say in the face of her, her circumstances that tell us differently, we will hope in the Lord. No one whose hope is in the Lord will ever be ashamed or disgraced. Our hope is in you. And hope does not disappoint. Romans 5. Hope does not disappoint. So Lord, help us get our hopes up. Help us be courageous. Show us our need for it and help and meet our need to take steps. I bless your people, Lord, body, soul, and spirit. I bless them to the very core of their being. Amen. Well, y'all have a great evening, a great week, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week or before. All right.